Welcome to the Bad Cody Funky Podcast Comic Edition, everyone. Before we start the podcast, which is going to be awesome today, we have a few items to get out of the way. One of which being the new launch trailer for the highly anticipated Bethesda game, Fallout 4. So you guys, the trailer came out. It looks awesome. We get to see a lot of different little landscapes inside of uh, post-apoc Boston. What did you guys think of the trailer? I've never wanted anything more in my entire life. Pretty Again. Much. Like, I've never played any of the Fallout games. So I'm coming into this like a fresh virgin. And um, watching the trailer really wants me to get this game. I am very excited to get this game next week. Yeah, same. I'm right there with Dave. I've uh, never really been into the Fallout franchise. I've watched my friends like start their characters every now and then. But the narrative, just everything about this trailer, the, uh, the robots, <laughs> I'm all about that. I've been like looking forward to this game so much to the point where like Tomb Raider comes out on the same day, which is totally getting overshadowed oh, by, <laughs> by Fallout. And I do have their pre-order on Tomb Raider, but I might just not pick it up and take my five dollars back, just because like I know that I'm not gonna touch it for a while. And by the time I actually do end up playing Tomb Raider, it's probably gonna be like thirty dollars. So yeah, it's a Bethesda game, and, it's, so. and it sucks yeah. too. Yeah, like Bethesda's really good, and like the last Tomb Raider game was pretty good too. But I mean, it's it's Bethesda and Fallout. I mean, sorry, oh, yeah. Tomb Raider, but rip. <laughs> oh yeah, no, the, the, the last Tomb Raider game was fucking fantastic. But like, yeah, it's fucking Bethesda and it's Fallout, and it's taking place in my native city, to which I'm gonna be walking everywhere, being like, does this look familiar? I don't know. <laughs> It's not just your home city, it's Blade Runner in your home city. Yeah. I'm naming my character Deckard and I'm not having it any other way. I can't wait to make a I can't wait to like make my own colony and just meet into like a sex colony. All we do is have sex and that's it. I don't even like I don't even do any exploring, that's all we do. I'm pretty sure you can't do that in the game, but I'll find a way, damn it. I will find a way. Use your imagination. You you might be surprised what you can get away with in this game, man. Yeah. You underestimate my powers. It's, 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 a lot, it's a lot like Skyrim in that you can really tool around and pretty much do whatever you want. And what's really cool yeah. is that they, they, they show us the, uh, well, they let us listen to the options for the female and male voice. And I think mm. we'll pay through the female. She has, like, a better inflection. I, I think like, her, her voice narration is better. I mean, just the way she sounds, you know, like, it's a bit more... Uh, God, how do I want to put this? Like, it just sounds like you're 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 more immersed in, in the world when when I hear the, the female character's voice. Like, you hear the turmoil, you hear like the, this like the, the blackness that is this uh, post-apoc world. It's crazy. Like the, yeah, the guy's just like, mm, this all sucks. <laughs> and that butt, that butt. Sorry. Really, uh, really fits the curves of that Vault One Eleven jumpsuit. <laughs> I'll be making a guy. I'll be making myself. As I always do. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Absolutely. Do, do you special yourself the same way you would have special in your real life? I, th- I like to, I special myself the way I would like to think of myself in the real life, whether that's accurate or not. I so high, high charisma, high luck? Is that, yeah? High, so charisma, high, high charisma, high luck. High, high sneaking skill. Like Han Solo, pretty much? <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm a, I'm a sneaky guy. I can sneak up on almost anyone. And it's cool you have, like, the uh, Fable Dog, you know, like, yeah. Dog 0.0. It's like, go fetch that stuff, boy. Like, he'll get, he'll get you ammo. Like, he's, he's your buddy. He's your GPS. You know, it's going to be pretty cool. And I can't wait because, like, oh, my God, when you play Fallout, like, you pick up everything. Like, Bethesda does a really good job of making car- little character models of, like, everything. Like, a can of something. Like, a spool of thread. Like, every toy car. Thing. Yeah, toy cars. Screws. Everything. 
Oh, dude, it's it's maddening sometimes, and you want to pick up everything, and you want to look at everything in these uh, in these Fallout games. And in the last one, uh, I just began began to hoarding everything. I was like, oh, I might need that. I might need this and that. And oh, the, there wasn't the, cra- really... the crafting in New Vegas was outrageous. You had to pick up everything. Yeah, exactly. And that, and this one looks like it really improved. So you really are gonna like really want to gonna pick up everything and craft it into whatever. And not only can you make weapons, you can make like like stuff for your home base. And I love that you get to have a home base. It's like, oh, it's so good. Like Rust or like Minecraft or something. I just hope the dog doesn't die. That's it. Oh, it will. Oh it totally will. Put your put your points in that strong back perk. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. It, the, the dog can't die. No, fuck <laughs> that. I, people are okay. Not dogs, man. That's not cool, man. Don't, don't Ooh, play on hardcore. If, dog, dog meat will survive. <laughs> if, you get, if, you get, if you can name your dog, what name would you name? Goliath. Keep Done. <laughs> Goliath. I always want a dog named Goliath. I might name the dog Deckard now, that I think about Ooh. it. That'd be Ooh, good. Stay alive and listen. <laughs> ah, you have to find Diablo. Wrong Deckard. <laughs> Pikachu. What about you, Amber? I don't know. If I have trouble thinking of names, I'll just name it like the first thing I see. So right now, its name would be Coca-Cola. Lamp. Oh. It'd be yeah. Nuka-Cola. We'll name, <laughs> we'll name it the Courier after the last guy. Room, like, I'm going to name it Gundam. And his <laughs> name is Gundam. It's actually pretty... Okay, I'm going to name my dog Gundam. That's a pretty badass name for a German Shepherd. I'm going to name it after Alejandro the main character. Alejandro Tylenol Jones. <laughs> the main character Gundam Wing, Hiro Yui. What? Oh my god. Char Aznable. Char My dog's Aznable. name is going to be Superfly. <laughs> Okay, moving on to the second thing here. Uh, in the world of Harry Potter, I'm excited because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. J.K. Rowling uh, revealing the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which is the name of the title. It's going to be a prequel to the Harry Potter uh, movies. It's going to be a trilogy. So kind of like The Hobbit, you know, like you, you had The Lord of the Rings, which was amazing. And uh, you have The Hobbit, a trilogy. Um, now you have the... And it's, it's cool, too, because Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is kind of... It's pretty much a bestiary. It's an encyclopedia of the mythical creatures that are in the world of Harry Potter. So when it's I heard... Pokemon and Harry Potter. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so when I heard that they're going to make a, like a movie out of it, I was like, wait, how are you going to make a movie out of a bestiary? But whatever. So uh, Entertainment Weekly had some images up uh, on set. And I don't know. It looks uh, it looks looks like it's gonna be pretty interesting, like a pretty fantastic. I mean, I I love Harry Potter like personally. So any way I can get back into that world cinematically is great for me. I'm definitely excited to see it because I did like I did, I was a big fan of the cinematic universe of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I never really I've never read the books. I'll admit it right now. Um, but the movies were fantastic, and what I loved about the movies is that it really brought you into that world when you were watching it. It's just everything that was going on or even like the first time Harry Potter goes into Hogwarts and just how like the steps move around everything is just like it just it just grabs you it moves you and I haven't seen a movie recently since that kind of does the same thing and the movies were so there was like so many movies that just brought you back into this world it was like fantastic so I'm really happy to see this world again but not only that but explore this world even more with like the beasts and creatures and whatnot and because there's still, like, so many things I want to know about the Harry Potter universe, the Harry Potter yeah. world that were never really answered, you know? And they never really were big moving, like, movie points or big uh, story points. But it'd be kind of cool to see, you know? Yeah, and Definitely I mean, this, is, this could be the beginning of, like, a, a, just any number of franchises. I mean, if, if it, you have an entire bestiary at your fingertips, why stop there? I mean, it's... Uh, I, companies since the Harry Potter films have been trying to have lightning strike twice and uh, and get another long, long franchise to uh, build off of. And so far, no one's really found that. So if Harry Potter is the replacement for Harry Potter, great. 
Just just putting this out there. Give me a game book. Get me a couple friends, some dice. Let's make it happen. Dungeons and Dragons, Harry Potter style. Oh, that'd be so cool. I want it, man. Okay. They're doing Hippo something based on shit. a bestiary. God, Give it to me. What? Give it to the, me. The fucking crazy serpents and dragons and like, dude. oh god, dude, the world is so fantastical. I love it. Bring it yeah. back, man. Bring it I back. I know, seriously. It's it's, it's slated for uh, next. The first one's supposed to come out next year, actually. 2016 is shaping up to be a really entertaining year and it stars uh this guy's name is so badass Eddie Redmayne <laughs> like that's not real Redmayne oh, I mean it could on. be his actor name but I, I don't know man like it's his oh and and funny enough uh there's um this is JK Rowling obviously wrote this whole thing um I didn't know that muggle was just like a UK term so apparently she created a whole new term for non-magical people for the Americas because this movie, uh, this trilogy, is going to take place in America in the 1900s. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty cool. So uh, because there are non-magical people in the world called muggles, uh, she was like, hmm, America needs her own slang. So muggle was UK slang for non-magical people. So for the America, uh, she developed uh, nomadj, as in no magic. And That's I'm like, good. Hmm, that feels lazy this, to me. Yeah, it doesn't have the same meaning as. Yeah, as yeah I, like I like Muggle's Muggle. way better. I like Muggle. Yeah. No, no I, 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 I like I like this a lot. It's, it's almost like in in X Men when they call normal people flat scans. <laughs> I always dug dug stuff like that. It's like simple, but but it, it like cuts like like Nomadge that cuts. Like Muggle, that's like an insult, but no match. It's just no a man, subtlety to it. Feels like a badass. I like yeah. it. Like that would be like <laughs> if I was a no like a mage. <laughs> if I was like a wizard hunter, that would be my name. <laughs> no match. Here comes the nomad. This guy here comes. Goddamn nomad. <laughs> Spec into later in Fallout. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Moving along, the last thing we got to get out of the way, uh, the World of Warcraft teaser trailer. Now, what's interesting about this is that like the World of Warcraft, it still has the release, their, their, but um, Blizzard released their numbers uh, earlier, and they ha- still have, and they have 5.5 million subscribers. Holy Damn. shit. Yeah. And that's and, after uh, they've been losing subs. Seriously, do, do yeah. They, they, they've lost. Do they know that Destiny's out? Do those people know? <laughs> yeah, we'd like to see uh, a bunch of numbers. I'm pretty sure we can look it up somewhere and see how many subscribers, but I'm pretty sure it's more than 5 million people. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, what I find interesting about this whole thing is that uh, we've all played Warcraft. It's a huge title, but there's been really next to no fanfare for this movie, and it's coming out next year, June You know what I think 10th. it is? I think we've known about this movie for so long that now that it's actually happened, it's kind of out of everyone's system. You think so? Like, I've, we've been hearing rumors about this for years, like, since... Yeah, yeah. No, 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 I know that, but, but I meant, like, you, you think that it's because we've been hearing that it's going to be made, that now people are yeah. like, oh, okay, whatever, been hearing about I it think, for I all I think this until time. we see, like, a, a full, like, trailer kind of like into star wars people aren't really gonna gonna go out of their way to seek it out unless unless it finds them i don't think people are, are going out of the way to find it right now for the me it falls it, it falls under that whole like video game made into a movie thing like i just couldn't i'm it's hard for me to get thrilled even how great it looks you know yeah i mean the the, the teaser trailer they have like looks pretty crazy and i'm i'm i mean, I mean i'm not really excited for it i'm gonna see it uh, the full trailer is coming out on Friday tomorrow uh, because of BlizzCon. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Yeah. So we're going to keep an eye out for that and uh, post it up on all the stuff and things. So you guys won't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about uh, you guys, but I'd be excited if they made a StarCraft movie. 
Oh my god, oh my a StarCraft god. movie Kerrigan would be amazing. <laughs> yes, Queen of Blades. <laughs> Queen of Blades. It'd be like Starship Troopers, but on steroids. <laughs> oh my god. And do you guys see like who's who's making this movie too? We got director Duncan Jones who made Moon. And have you guys seen Moon? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Moon? No. Yeah, what? and we should write that down. You're fired. Moon? Get Moon off the podcast. Really, <laughs> really the good door. Really good movie. Uh, yeah, Sam Rockwell. Yep. Good Sam old, Rockwell. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Yep. Uh-huh. Astronauts on the Moon. It's it's really good. Like it's it's a bit of a thriller. It's it's really good. I highly highly suggest it. It's really good. Uh, Legendary Studios is behind this. You know they've made tons of movies. Uh, I just posted up the most recent ones like Jurassic World and Interstellar. Atlas Entertainment, the guys who did American Hustle, and they're doing Suicide Squad, and of course Blizzard Entertainment. So and it's uh it's, it's got a bunch of people too. A lot of people in yeah, it. Yeah, Ben Foster's in it. Yeah, the only yeah. complaint that I have with the, what I've heard about the WoW movie so far is that they're introducing like a new character that's like not from lore that's going to be like kind of the audience's, um, I guess, eyes in this world. And mm. I just, I feel like I would have, I just would have liked to see them use a pre existing character. Like, why not? Use, like an NPC. Yeah, why not use any of the NPCs or anything? <laughs> like, like, like the cat well... lady right outside of Stormwind. <laughs> yeah, okay. well, 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 the thing is, who's to say they're not? I mean, just because they're they're doing that doesn't well, mean they're, they're gonna not going to have NPCs. Yeah, oh, I yeah, mean, but I mean, like as far I, I think that they have all this lore behind them. It, it, they have so much to pull from, and I mean, it, it, yeah, it gives them more freedom to use someone brand new. But I don't know. I mean, I know Magic the Gathering did that with their comic series, and I really wasn't uh, a fan. Well, I think it makes sense for World of Warcraft because when you're playing World of Warcraft. You are making a new character that does not exist in the lore yet. True, yeah. true. So I think that's a very suitable way to have like your your every man. Yeah, you that's know? a good point. I didn't think of that. Your Neo, if you will, into <laughs> whoa, into the whole series. So yeah, like I agree, it would be really cool to see like maybe an innkeeper or something like that be your eyes and ears. But in terms of you know the merger between game and film, I think that might be what they did is probably for the best. Although the movie could be crap, we don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. I, I think I think they introduced a new guy just so, like, I mean, we're all used to Warcraft. I mean, if there's a new guy in there, you're going to be intrigued. Like, oh, what's this guy going to do? But there are there are NPCs. I mean, like, uh, you see when you see the shot of Westfall on fire uh, and, you see, and you see the horde looking over it, you see a harvester in the field there. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, I remember that from being low-level, low-level scrub. <laughs> and then off the distance, you see, like, the, the mine. And uh, there's a shot of, um, what's it called? The overhead shot where the, the griffin is uh coming down to earth like doing a swoop you can see the dark portal and i was like oh shit it's a dark portal. Look, oh, look at that yeah you see storm wind cool. and yeah, show me arthas I mean, it, it looks yeah arthas yeah he looks it looks really cool so far and and what is doing the cg and i don't know if you've seen any of the screenshots of the orcs and it, it, it looks good like the cg looks really good for the characters themselves we'll we'll see how it turns out i'm not excited but uh, we'll see how it turns out i'm hopeful Alright guys, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the only podcast 10-year-old girls name their hammers after. It's the Bad Coyote Funky Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is the comic edition of the Bad Coyote Funky Podcast. On the podcast uh, today, we've got Booster Greg. What up? We've got Amber. Hey. We got the bearded menace, Dave. Yo. <laughs> Davies Casey. 
Hello. <laughs> and I'm Sergio. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. So, on today's podcast, we're talking about a, a pretty cool comic. Maybe some of you have heard of it. It's going to be made into a movie. It's uh, Image Comics, I Kill Giants. Hell yeah. Now, I, I love this book. This is one of those books that one of my buddies told me about. Uh, good old Tanzu man. And uh, I actually found it in the discount rack. So it's a $16 book, but I ended up getting it for like 5 bucks. What? So, so not only is it a fantastic fucking book, but I paid like a fraction of the price for it. Damn. Which makes it even better. It's a um, real steal. It's a it was. real steal. <laughs> it was. And it was just because there's like a couple marks on it. So it probably just got beat up in transit. But fuck yeah. It's a trade. Who cares? Uh, but yeah, I Kill Giants. It's by... It's actually an imprint of Image Comics and uh, Man of Actions on the back of it, too. Man of Action Studios. I didn't realize they had actually oh. put their official Ben 10 stamp right on it. <laughs> which was uh, actually really cool by Joe Kelly and J.M. Ken Nimura as the artist. Um, but for those of you who haven't read it yet or are thinking about reading it, we're going to go ahead and recap it for you for a bit with that good old Bad Cody Funky spin. Uh, so when we first open the book, we literally see this, like, the first panel is, like, this this epic, like, battle between, like, a, a, a what is this, a warrior on a horse and a dragon. It is fucking nuts. And then it just kind of, like, we zoom out and we find out it's a blanket for a little girl and she's, like, gearing up for battle. And you see, like, it's just, it's just like, this really epic feel to it. You know, like, you don't know what's going on. You kind of see, like... You know, the 10-year-old girl's eyes, and she's putting on the mark of the thorn on her bag. And just just really gearing up for the battle of giants, I would say. And it really takes off from there, because it's, it's essentially, uh, as we kind of went over in our preview podcast, it's about a 10-year-old girl who like truly believes she lives in this world where she is killing giants, and she's friends with pixies, and all of this crazy stuff and she's kind of a loner like she doesn't have like a single friend i don't think except for when we uh a little bit later but we'll get to that and she's always picked on for being different and she's definitely got something interesting going on at home but they won't quite tell us um which was like actually a lot of the intrigue for me of it is just like you know what is this thing that's going on that is literally blacked out from the pages redacted if you will it it was it's freaking crazy and what's going on upstairs that it gets to be so gloomy like for the first couple pages it's like you know it's it's all black and white but it's relatively uh, low black space on the pages until we first see um her trying to go up the stairs and horrifying. Just like, horrifying. Yeah, it's just like, fuck, I don't want to go up there. And it, it does remind me, like, when I was a kid, where it's just like, you know, you, you go somewhere scary. And it's just like, everything's dark, and it's really long. And it's like, oh, I don't want to go down there. I'll die. Something will get me. And it has that same, like, feel to it in the art style and the way, like, the lines are used and stuff like that. There's even a scene where she runs out of her bedroom. And uh, she, uh, it's, it's almost like when you're in your own house and all the lights are off and you run past every doorway. Oh, exactly. Yep. Yeah, they they pull a, you know a page right out of real life for that one. Oh, they they pull a page out of real life for multiple areas in this oh, journey. Yeah. Um, but kind of like what what goes on to keep up kind of with the story 
is she ends up uh, being befriended by this. Uh, I think she's a new girl, right? Like she just moved in. Yep. Yeah. Uh, wh- whose name was Sophia. And Sophia, be, you know, is kind of intrigued by Barbara, who's the main character. Uh, and Barbara just doesn't really care at first for Sophia or having friends. She's too busy, like, building blood traps for giants on the coast and, uh, you know, going through trying to figure out if she wants to wield her mighty Klauski or not. You know what I mean? Um, and just like the writing in this book is just very interesting like the uh what they pull from real life and they put into here like uh what was the story casey about uh the giants about the uh the the new york giants oh uh there's a it's a a pitcher from 1908 uh he was a rookie and they threw him in there and uh for you know since baseball is uh i actually know a lot about baseball but but this made sense to me um baseball is played in i guess three game sets with other teams and the phillies I guess way, way back in the day, uh, put out a pitcher, a rookie pitcher, to go up against the Giants, who I guess were the best team in baseball, uh, named uh, Kovaleski. And he whooped him. And he gained the nickname Giant Killer. Uh, And that is where the name comes from. And that's what she has sewed on this little, like, heart-shaped bag that she always carries around with her. And we don't really get to see what's in the bag until a little bit later. But she's always like threatening people with it, being like, "You don't want me, you know, take out my hammer and stuff like that." Um, but what's interesting is, how do you think she found out about that picture? Because it uh, didn't dawn on me until I read it, this book through a second time. Yeah, I caught it this time too. When she's talking to, who is she talking? I, Talking to the shrink, I think. Is, it, right? is she talking to the psychiatrist? I think and, and she says, what, big big Phillies fan at home? And yeah, then at yeah. the end of the book, you see in her brother's room, he's got the Go Phillies banner above his doorway. Yeah. Yep. So, so I guess maybe. Or it could have been. I was thinking it was her dad. Don't really hear a lot about her dad. Right. Nurse. But I think that's why, like, when she said, what, you know, you know, the shrink said something like, oh, the, you know, you got a big Phillies fan at home. I think that's why she freaked out and didn't want to talk about it. Uh, because I bet you that love for the Phillies in baseball comes from their father that left them at a very early age. Right. Um, I mean, it's either that or maybe her natural bookishness. I mean, you know, she's always got her nose in a book. She's always reading something different every time we see her. You know, who's to say she hasn't dabbled into a sports almanac or something? A sports Uh, almanac? But I I mean, I feel like that's a little bit too much of a coincidence with what was on her brother's wall. You know, yeah, like, and I don't. And she's not really like the sports type, you know. Like she's like really into books and stuff like that. But she pretty much keeps it exclusive to, um, to myth mythologies and stuff like that. You know, like she never really showed an aptitude for knowing more about anything else other than giants, at least in the book. So that's right. what I, that was my interpretation was that the father was a huge Phillies fan, and maybe like that was a memory she had of watching you know games with with him and like him telling her stories about it and you know wh- what more fitting of a way to combat this these giants that she's or even the in the titan that she references that she's terrified of what better way to combat that than with you know something that your your father instilled with you and i'll i'll elaborate that a little bit more because i don't want to give away like the, the feels ending kind of thing but uh, that just kind of made that seemed like the other side of the coin for what we find out happens 
in what's going on in that dark hallway. Um, but regardless, I mean, she goes through a lot. She's bullied. She, you know, the school psychiatrist is trying to make friends, make nice with her. Um, doesn't really work out all that well. The school psychiatrist ends up getting slapped, which was kind of an interesting thing. That panel was awesome. Like, yeah. I love just like the gigantic slap thing. All yeah. all the hits in this comic are like really intense. Yeah, like I had I had to keep like like going back to read because like the, the the art style is very captivating. I I love it. It's really uh, it's it's I wouldn't I don't want to say gritty. What's the word for it? I don't think there was a word for it. I, I love the lines. Yeah, it's very dynamic. I love the lines. I love like it's it's as if it's moving on its own when I was reading through it, and I had just I just kept like just looking at panels and looking at all the fine details and everything. I was like, wow, it's really cool. Yeah, like in uh, that like the style. No, yeah, seriously, like like in in, in the slap panel that uh, that Greg's talking about, like uh, the slaps going down diagonally. Her hand uh, is is done a certain way to mimic motion, and and, and like the teacher's head is moving, and I know it's just really really cool. And all throughout this whole thing, I was like, my God, look like look at like what you know was was thought of like each in every panel was painstakingly thought of yeah and like all the action shots too not just i'm kind of thumbing through it you probably hear it through the microphone and i apologize for that but um i'm kind of thumbing through it right now and it's just like any action shot you have is super dynamic um whenever you know when they they're talking about that oncoming doom that she refers to in the beginning of the book you can see like the titan's face made out of clouds or made out of shadow on the like the night sky and stuff like that, and it pans in on her sunken in eyes. Yeah, just full of dread. Soon, <laughs> um, and again, we're still getting this whole redacted mess of like, you know, she's so it's it's Barbara and her two her brother and her sister, and her it's her oldest the sister is the oldest and she's kind of raising everyone. And we don't play, really know she's why playing that's going mom. On. Yeah, she's playing them all, a lot like Lilo and Stitch. And I think that's where I drew, I draw my Lilo and Stitch comparison because you get a lot of that like vibe off of her, where she's overworked, underpaid, and now her kid sister is just acting up, right? Like she just can't handle it, and the brother's not doing anything to help at all, which I think is kind of fucked up because he looks like old enough to start to help. Yeah, seriously, it you can tell it's affecting him just as much. I mean, they're they're all in like an, yeah. ex- an extreme situation. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the oldest sister starts to lose it, and she's saying things like, I can't deal with you going psycho, Barbara, while upstairs are, and it's just like, blah, blah, like, redacted this. And then <laughs> I just, like, you know, it starts turning into, like, this weird jumble. Like, you, you can almost kind of make out the wording, but not. And, you know, Barbara's just not listening. And then all of a sudden you just see the Titan's eye. And then Barbara gets scared immediately. And that's when she starts to make her little, like, you know, extra traps on the beach and everything. And uh, which and what was alarming is she cuts herself to for blood for the trap. Which was like, whoa, Babs, like, calm down a little bit. You know what the hell? Looking <laughs> blood sacrifice? Yeah, did you see that? Did you notice yeah. that? Well, I mean, that's, like, like, one of the, the moments fuck? where, like, her fantasy actually, like, starts to become, like, self-destructive. Where her sister's like, I can't right. you going psycho. And then right off, right away, she's... And she also so can't even really rationalize why she's doing it anymore. Yeah, like it's, yeah, the it's like, is that, is, like, is that necessary? I don't know. Yeah, blood like, for uh, the blood god. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara Thorson, Chaos Marine. <laughs> 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 
And that was actually, we kind of glossed over, that was after Barbara accidentally punches um, Sophia in the face. Oh, that moment was... I couldn't, I, couldn't, was cool. I couldn't bear to look at that page for too long. Yeah, and again, it has that really dynamic look to it. It's all very, like, manga-inspired, too. With yeah, the, like, that's the what I really liked about it. Which was great. And it's all black and white. It's, like, got this beautiful inking going on, and, you know, they do a great job with the shadows and everything. I, I can't imagine... If this was all done with ink, how long this must have taken? Well, if, it, if it's if it's manga done in the traditional style, uh, they use those those ink sheets. Oh yeah. That they like yeah. they lay over it and then they they like press. Um, I'm 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 fairly sure that that this was done at least with the inking probably digitally. Maybe um, for the shading. I mean, you, you could probably... I've seen some, some artists get away with, uh, like, the gray tones and stuff just with markers and being real, real careful. Yeah. Um, but this is very, very crisp. Um, you oh, know, yeah, and, and you know, despite how, um, like, like energetic and, 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 like, you know, not scattered, but, but um, thin the line work is, there's no bleed. You don't see the gray tones escape where they're supposed to be. That's true. Yeah. Um, so it's it's obviously done with you know a lot of energy, but also a lot of attention to detail and care. Yeah. Um, which I wouldn't say is rare in manga uh, or a manga style, but it's um, it's definitely something to look at. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this book is definitely it's not like one of those like throwaways. They put it out there. Put it out there. There's to Casey's point, a lot of care and attention and detail went into this, not just in writing, but on the art style itself as well. Um. But yeah, so what happens with, we kind of glossed over it, but so Barbara gets kind of bullied by, I don't even remember what the bully's name is, but she has a Naruto headband. Did you notice that, Serge? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, of course. Fucking coinciding with my life. Yeah, right which made me think, I'm like, oh, it's just kind of a kind of manga style. I'm like, is that like a, like a shout out? Yeah. Oh, it probably is. That can't be a coincidence or anything. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, she gets picked on and she kind of like gets instigated into this fight. And Sophia's just like, no, stop, don't do it. Like, you know, and tries to, like, pull Barbara away because Barbara's, like, biting and all this stuff. And she socks her right in the eye. And it's just this, like, really powerful moment. And Sophia runs away. And Barbara realizes what she does immediately. And it kind of causes this rift between, you know, Barbara's only friend, which sucks. Because you can tell that, like, she's she doesn't know how to approach it. She's really sorry. She tries with humor. That doesn't work. Um, the bullies are eating it up, though. They love everything. Because kids are fucking mean. Kids are monsters, man. They don't know how to handle that kind of situation, so it's like it's extra hard. Because we know as like adults how we would go about it, but they just they just don't know the right moves to make. Yeah. No, yeah, but like uh, <laughs> Lucy cares a bit about that. He's just like, yeah, kids are really mean. Like a kid will will say something mean and then see that it stung the other kid and just be like, ooh, that hurt you, didn't it? Uh. <laughs> that wasn't bad. This feels good. It feels and it could and it could be anything. It, it could. It, I mean, it could be about wearing glasses. For God's sakes, it's the minor stuff, but it'll it'll kill you when you're a ten year old, man. Especially if it's about your dead, you know, well, well or dying. Say, we're not there yeah. yet. There's Yikes. a comedian that said. Um, that he he's glad he's never he never had like a daughter like he'd rather have boys because boys are dumb and you can confuse them, and like <laughs> girls they they will like they will find the worst times to embarrass you to insult you. For instance, like he was at his buddy's house and they're all sitting down watching a football game, 
And his daughter, who's like eight or nine years old, like walks by a TV screen, just stands in front of it. And the father goes, honey, you can't, I can't, daddy can't see. Can you move out of the way? Daughter turns around, turns around and says, how do you even know I'm yours? Whoa. Oh my God. Rip. And he, and he's like, yeah, that's, that's why I don't have a son. Cause I didn't tell my son, Hey, can you move out of the way? I'm watching the game. Oh, a game. Yeah. And he'll sit next to me and watch it. He don't even know, won't even know what I'm watching, but he'll want to watch it. So so back to Casey's point. Yeah. Kids can be really cruel. Um, yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, here's a nice segue back into the book where we left off. Um, Sophia had just gotten punched, and you know Barbara's kind of sad and whatever. And actually, we find out like a, a little bit later that Sophia's just like doesn't know how to handle it either, and she's not really mad at Barbara anymore, but she's just kind of like I don't know, still upset, but not. And they, she still considers them friends, just need a little cooldown time. And that's when we'll really see. things. What's that? <laughs> friendship, friendship cooldown. Yeah, that's what it pretty much was. Um, it's a 24-hour cooldown, so it's like the Hearthstone. <laughs> Just have to come back tomorrow. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then again, it kind of happens, and she she kind of has her revenge, right, a little bit by leading the bullies over to her trap, and it gets wrecked, and then you know Barbara gets mad at Sophia. Sophia realizes she really fucked up, and it kind of all escalates to the scene that Casey was talking about earlier where Sophia goes and tries to see Barbara and she stops to stop right outside of this really dark, gloomy door. Like in that one panel, she's Sophia's right in the middle. She has a long shadow, um, literally right next to her or in between these two really dark points. And one of them is the door. And Barbara's just like, get over there, you know, don't go, don't go near there, you know what you're doing, stuff like that. And the door is a, slightly ajar. So Sophia, dr- like, runs away, and, because of reasons, and <laughs> the door's creaking open, open, and Barbara looks in, and there's this fucking horrifying picture. Barbara! Like, yeah, of this, like... <laughs> that voice is great. Oh, it's, it's like this perfect for the font too. <laughs> I mean, I probably would have done it closer to like a banshee shriek. That's what I oh, really yeah. heard in my head when I was yeah. reading it. Um, terrifying. Fucking. Oh my god. Yeah. Dear God, no wonder this girl doesn't want to be near this this fucking room. It's this ghoulish, zombieish looking uh, woman in a dress, draped in shadow. Chain, dress is chained tattered, to a, a torture rack. Chained to a torture rack, surrounded by like demons, and like shrieking Barbara's name. Barbara like slams the door, runs away, and we don't see her in school for six days. Six. Like no one knows where she's later. been. She's just fucking in hiding. Terrifying. I would be gone for six days from school too if I saw that. It's fucking absurd. Um, and that's when we kind of find out more in depth about Barbara's home situation, where um, her mother is dying of cancer, and she's hooked up to you know like the the typical medical stuff, and just her Barbara's way of dealing with this is to almost demonize her mother because she looks scary. 
You know, she's gaunt. She's probably lost most of her hair. She's really fucking skinny. Like, it's... it's Her voice has a very low, like, probably gravelly tone to it because her speech yeah. bubbles are distorted. Yeah, like, you know, she's weak too, so she's probably not awake for a lot of it. And when she is, she's probably, like, not very lucid, I would think. So there's a lot going on. And this combined with the father leaving and, like, you know... What's going on at school is just like really kind of building up and up and up. And when I first read it, that this part was where I started to get a little choked up. But on my second and third kind of go through, it's a bit later where things start really kind of hitting home for me. Um, so, you know, the her older sister finds out that Barbara has not been in school for six days. And it turns out that... I think Sophia finds her, right? Yeah, she goes to the local comic book store. <laughs> or I guess it's really more of a hobby shop because they've got uh, a game room in the back with tables. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, but I mean, that, I love that they open it up and it's like, I'm looking for somebody, her name's Barbara. It's like, you see any girls here? <laughs> like, come on. What are you but doing? Then, but then she calls her by, what, Kovaleski? Yep. And they all kind of freak like, oh, out. God. <laughs> Don't tell us you play like her. She's nuts. Oh my god. Um. So it goes on right, and Sophia finds her in the game room. They have a little tiff. They get kicked out, and they go back to the beach. And that's where kind of like this whole this whole time the storm's been brewing, and Barbara I think kind of realized that. So that's how she's always like you know the, the titan is coming the giants are coming like you know we have to be prepared she's equating this huge storm and they live on, on long island by the way so like any sort of nor'easter or fucking you know hurricane is not good news because they live right on the coast of it this is uh this is before sandy happened so yeah. Yeah. Kind of a very realistic sort of thing that could totally oh absolutely totally yeah. occur on good old Long Island. Yeah, born and raised. Yeah, but uh, Casey, why don't you tell us what happens with the storm? Well, uh, actually, right before the storm is when we get the the full on real real confrontation of her and her psychiatrist about her mother dying. Oh yeah. And they do it in a in a nice, I believe the page is five panels. The first one is her with these like blank, almost you know, like Gendo Akari eyes that she has a lot of the time uh mm. it's just your mother is dying it's like you know she wants to see you it's like this is not something that you can face alone you know and she pushes her psychiatrist away she runs out in the rain starts screaming and then uh then she confronts the bully one more time i mean it's 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 just one thing after another she's confronting everybody that's given her some kind of grief. And it's a, it's a point in the story where she really can't run away from this anymore. Um, or even really fight back. So she's she's there with the bully. Sophia's got her back. And then they hear thunder. Boom. Boom. They look across to the shore. Just It's thunder, right? It's not thunder. A giant titan, hundreds of feet tall, towering over the sky. Is up there. Everybody's looking on, terrified. You know, it's and unstoppable. A two page spread. A two, yeah. Oh yeah, that is a pretty. It's a magnificent double page spread. Shadow um, of the Colossus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know they actually. Uh, the artist says it at the end of the book. He goes, you know, I I wish I uh, I remembered how much Shadow of the Colossus I played before drawing this book. I didn't realize <laughs> how much it influenced me. 
<laughs> I don't know if it's in maybe the editions that you guys read, but for for the oh, purposes yeah. of this, I, I picked up the 2014 edition, like a re-release version that came out, and it was at the end of that. The, the behind the scenes, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a little behind the scenes bit. Yeah, after all the it, like uh, Omake stuff. Yeah, that's, that was my cheap five dollar one. Yay! <laughs> oh, there you go. So uh, yeah, so the Titan shows up and it's. Uh, it tears apart like the bridge. It's just there. There's a panel after the the break where chapter six starts, where the, the Titan's so tall. You see Barbara very small at the bottom center bottom of the page. The Titan's all the way up. You can't even see its head. The pa- the page stops before you see its head. Yeah. Um. And it, it's great. Um. Smashing up everything. You know she sees uh Sophia and the bully fleeing, and she knows what she has to do. So she reaches into her bag starts to glow, she feels the power of Kovaleski, and then, bam! Another two-page spread, her full baseball swing, you won't take her! You hear me? You will not take my mother! And you see the hammer in its full glory, just like we saw on, like, the splash page at the beginning of the book. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Completely dynamic. The pacing of it is perfect. You see all this destruction going on around. The hammer and itself, it's, and it's, and it's the dark. Itself, the art of this hammer is amazing. It's oh, fan- It's yeah. awesome. God, it's just it's so cool looking. I There's mean, chains like, in the middle of it. Yeah, There's ruins. Because like up to that point, because she tried to use it against the bully and it didn't work, and she's like, "Why don't you have? Why, where is the power? Like, what happened to you?" And then yeah. just that payoff when she finally wields it against the Titan. And the page is almost totally white in the background when she takes it out. It's a real, like, you get a real sense of, like, the beacon of light that this thing has given off. Even when she hits it, 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 it lights up. Like, there's, there's like, the big white streaks in the middle of the page. Yeah. Every time she hits the Titan. It reminds me of Final Fantasy VIII. Squall's uh, uh, final finishing move where he, like, throws his gunblade in the air and it makes that, like, beam that goes into space and he just drops it on the bad guys. Good old <laughs> limit breaks. Yeah, that's what that reminds me of. You know, you were right when you when you I think you mentioned this on Sunday when uh you said how much this book reminded you of Fooly Cooly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. did I say I don't know, someone said that. I, I don't know if we, we maybe we mentioned it before the show, but maybe. but e- either way, um the art style very kinetic. Uh it's a story about growing up you know, and, and, you know, adapting to changes in who you are and what you have to deal with. Like, very, very similar vein. Mm. Um, but here, done in in such a way that, that you, it really... You understand what's going on. Yeah, oh, time. well, yeah, there, there's that. It's <laughs> it's not as, uh, it's not as Studio Gynax where half the fun of it is trying to figure out what it's all about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this one, they leave you with a little bit of mystery at the start, and then you start piecing it together, and you're like, all right, you know, I get it. This girl is... She's crazy imaginative, and this is this is her way of coping. It's like I get it, and then when you get it, it starts to show off. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, so she tackles the Titan. Um, but was it here that she finds out the Titan's due purpose, or is it later? I don't remember. It's here. She she hits the thing until its face is like distorted. She hits yeah. it so hard, and it's like warrior. I did not come for her. I came for you. Yeah. And it's she's she's morally defeated. Yeah. She she realizes that it's, you know, there are some things that you just can't you can't beat. There's some giants that just can't kill. There you go. And yeah. again, framed in such a way where backgrounds all white. 
She's yeah. got the hammer in her hands. Her ears are sunk and everything, you know. Yeah. She's very, very well poised. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's uh, it's minimalist space. It it oh, works yeah. it works really well. I've seen this kind of thing done before in comics when, uh, like the Invisible Woman had uh, had a miscarriage, the f- the frame was very very small, set in the center of the page, and everything else was blank. It's it's focusing on a a single moment in time. Yeah. What you know, and it it just it captures it so well. God. And uh, at that point, Barbara is lost at sea. So how long was it that they say? Um, it was. I mean, it was long enough where they didn't file a missing persons. So it was probably like a day, not even two. Yeah, yeah. So she's gone. No one knows where she is. Oh, it um, said it said yesterday on the news. Report. Oh, so yeah, it was, it's been about a day. No one knows where she is. What's going on? Everyone just assumes that she's like hiding somewhere until. Sophia was like, oh, no, yeah, she, like, ran into the ocean. And at that point, all the cops were like, nope, she's dead. That's it. Call it. We're calling it. You know, this is not a missing persons anymore. She went into the ocean after that crazy thing. And that destroyed the bridge, too. Did you see that? Yeah. And and more than that, it's actually, it's not it's not so much about that. It's that they, they have to tell their mother. Yeah. That's they, that's the focus of, of it, even with the police there and everything. It's like yeah. that's what they're most worried about because they know it'll kill her. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Sophia comes with the bagels and tries to make everything all right. And, um, like you were saying, they do kind of have the discussion of, like, shit, what do we tell mom? Like, how do we do this? Uh, but to no real worry because, you know, Barbara shows up shortly thereafter on the door, just soaking wet, looking for food. Tattered ears and all. Yeah. Which is like a really cool thing. Like she just slams open that door, and she's, she's, almost like eerily calm about the whole thing. You know, it's like the first thing she says. She goes, "Is I smell bagels," <laughs> and you're like, "Wait a minute, what's going on?" And uh, you kind of find out that you know, during that whole fight, or after that whole fight, when she was in the ocean, she gets this sense of closure. And what the giant says to her makes sense. So she finds out that the Titan wasn't really there for her mother, but was there to kind of guide Barbara through this difficult time. So he's not really a bad guy at all. He's more of like a guardian angel was my take on it. And um, he kind of gives her this advice that says all things that live die. This is why you must find joy in the living while the time is yours and not fear the end. To deny this is to deny life. To fear this is to fear life. But to embrace this, can you embrace this? And that's when she emerges from the water and the Titan says, you are stronger than you think. And she comes back. She marches up the stairs alone. It's no longer dark. It's no longer gloomy. The sun is shining through. You can actually see, um, if you look carefully, a lot of the demons in the shadows start to die into the light. She's and got this, like de- this determination on her face. Yeah, she does. And she slams open the door, and there's just her mother with an IV and a medical machine just laying on the bed. Normal. It actually, looks she looks pretty good in it, too. You know, So that's probably 
up in Barbara's mind on the opposite end of the spectrum. And the, what she does, and this is this is the part that really touch, gets you in the feel. If right this here. does, if this doesn't get you, you're probably some kind of monster. You have no soul. If yeah. you don't feel anything, reading three pages, no dialogue, mind yeah. you, no dialogue. When silence lets the art truly dictate what it wants you to see. It's just fucking great. She crawls into bed with her mom. Touches her hair. Touches her hair. Crawls in. Just snuggles right up, holding her arm in like the fetal position, and just, you know, just really, really getting in close. And the first thing the mom says is, "Am I dreaming?" Oh my god, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll make it all better for you. Because uh, I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> no, no, mom. We're not no. doing this again, there man. There was a big storm. Because even when I dream of you, I heard uh. it. Was it scary? Uh, and then they just kind of they go and they're talking, and it, it's a really beautiful moment because it's actually quite a contrast to the rest of the book, where it's gloomy and dark and stuff like that, and especially in that room. And there, the only true black is on Barbara's glasses in this whole thing. Is on like her uh, her temples. And then we kind of just go back into her life and, you know, how was your summer? You know, it was the next next following year. And um, that's where it really starts to pick up again, too, with the fields. Because we find out, you know, Barbara's mom dies. She finally succumbs to the cancer. And Barbara is just, she's not fine with it, but as fine as one can be with it. Like, she's already accepted that this is, you know, there is an end. And it's going to be coming... And the school psychiatrist is the one who kind of breaks the news to her. And, you know, they have a very touching moment in there. And this is another part, too, that got me. So at the funeral, again, no dialogue. And this is just, this goes to not only um, Nomura's art, but also Joe Kelly's writing. You know, because he's, and when you write this, a typical standard script for a comic is... You know, it has each each panel is documented, depending how good the writer is. Some writers just be like, go ham, have you have fun with the artist. But others are very meticulous in terms of um, what goes where and how many panels per page and stuff like that. So I would be very curious to see what the script for this uh, looked like. But we got this nice view of a cemetery and she actually rests um, the bag with Kowalowski on it on her mother's grave. Kind of signifying, you know, the end, which was really cool. Um, and I think that's pretty much that's pretty much it in terms of the feels from it. There's a nice moment with the guidance counselor at the end, and uh, a very closing feeling when uh, Barbara looks outside that night and sees the Titan, miss who's missing the horn, just staring at her in the middle of the ocean. And they have a, a nice little chat. Or not even. She just says something and it walks away. She thanks him. And uh, she can sleep easy. Realizing that she can do more than she thought she was capable of in the first place. So that was pretty much the book. That was the story. Very touching. Fantastic art. If you guys haven't read it. I definitely recommend picking it up and reading it, not just listening to our fantastic reenactment of it. 
Um, a dramatic reading by your dramatic friends. reading. Bad coyote, bad funky. Bad coyote funky. Uh, but what was interesting about this and what I really why I kind of thought it was a good pick for it is Casey and I have read this before, but Amber, Sergio, and Dave have not read this book yet. And I know um, Serge is was a, is a fan of Ben Ten and Man of Action in general. Yeah. So I thought it would be a pretty good uh, read, and the art style too is very appealing. But I, what I want to ask you guys is. What was your reaction, like, reading this book? Like, you know, from beginning to end. Like, when you started, how you're feeling, and, and what happened at the end for you? Well, Dave? Well, uh, for me, the initial uh, draw was definitely the art. With, with the, uh, the Harbingers, ones that had all those abstract designs, just making up their entire body. I just, I love that. But I think most of all, it was just how relevant it is for anyone in like in like a geek in middle school i mean i i feel like i went through a lot of of the of at least the ed, uh, what happened in school a curve journey in school um you know having having a hard time making friends being wrapped up in whatever geek thing i was into but just not really being able to share it with anyone and and just uh, having those meetings with like the teachers like oh you have a hard time mm-hmm. making friends and and i think so right there i had that that connection to the character but um, I really started to get emotional when uh, when she had that when it had that flashback with the with the Titan, that line. I didn't come for her. I came for you. Was <laughs> was the start yeah. of of me being like, oh my god. <laughs> Rip. But um, but then I think yeah, just just like with you guys, I was in full blown tears with that moment with the mother and crawling into bed with her. Uh, yeah it's just like you know like the the visuals that go with that were just like no words needed to be spoken like yeah. you just understood what was going on at that point god damn yeah dave? um yeah dave so i definitely fell in love with the art style like amber i fell in love with the art style as soon as i started reading it or just looking at it um i mean i really have no way to describe the art style other than it's like to kind of like that black and white, like, indie comic book art style you only see in, like, in indie comic books. You know, like, you or not indie comic books in general, but just not Marvel or DC. It only exists in, like, those guys, and it just... Usually, at least for me, um, whenever I see that art style, I pretty much can guess that the story's gonna be really good. So far, like, every comic I've read that has that art style comes out phenomenal, so it, I haven't lost yet. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, the art style was great, but it was very from the get go. I just could not put it down. Like I thought I was gonna be able to read it like throughout the week and probably finish it today. I, I started reading it on Tuesday morning and then finished it like that afternoon. Like I could not stop reading. I was just so like immersed in it and just could not get out of it. Um, I didn't. It didn't end as what I, how I thought it was gonna end at first when I started discovering like the problems that. Barbara has and all that other stuff. I thought that possibly Sophia was gonna be the one that passes away, Ooh. and somehow it was gonna be caused by Barbara and the bullies. Ooh. You know, that'd be like, that's what yeah, I thought I was the same thing at the, at the very start, at least. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, like Barbara does something to the bullies, and they get pissed off and they accidentally kill Sophia or something like that. Yeah, she was too nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like Amber said, it's like, oh wow, this this little girl is me when I was like. 11 or 12, you know, D&D and, like, hanging out with my friends, like, at my house eating pizza, saying, like, obscenities to each other and whatnot. And it's like, holy crap, it's it's me before the beard. My goodness. <laughs> um, 
And if you notice, like a lot of like when she's hanging out with her friends playing D and D, if you look at some of the shirts they're wearing, they're wearing like band shirts, and it's like I knew friends who listened to bands like this or what they're trying to, you know, basically like parody, like in this like one scene, and it was just such a very just. Oh, just like a well done story, very well well written, and you could really like hear in your head if you read it like how Barbara would speak, and like how her voice would sound, and like how the tone, her tone of voice would be, and also like Sophia, like you could be like Sophia being like you can hear like Sophia speaking very like just politely and calm, and you know maybe somewhat high pitched or whatever, and like Barbara just being like just direct and dismissive with every single word she says. Mm. At least that's how I, how I heard them speak. And then, like, the big bully almost sounding like, well, me, pretty much. Like, just like a dude. And, um... But, yeah, it's just such a great story. And for a while, like, when I got to the end of it, especially when I, we started discovering, like, more, like, what's going on with her mom and the whole life and all that stuff, I actually started cursing you, Greg. So I'm like, why the fuck did he make me read this? <laughs> God damn it. Yes. You know? God damn you. Feelings. I'm like reading this book and I'm like tearing up. I can barely finish it. My mom's like sitting across from me, like watching like her TV shows, and it's like I can't let her see me cry. Hey, mom, I'm gonna go use the bathroom. I'm walking and just like just bawling my eyes out in the bathroom, you know. And it's just, uh it's it's good, but I I liked the, I did like the way it ended. Like it yeah. it ended with closure in a way where yeah the mom passed away, but Sophia was. All right. And in the end, you actually saw Barbara. her taking care of her family. I mean, Barbara, yeah. Barbara was okay. You actually see her taking care of her family at the end, like walking around, turned the light the light off in her brother's room and like, you know, took like the headphones off his head and like seeing with the sister. Like she's like, it's almost like at the end of all of that, when she battled like the Titan and her did everything, it's almost like she then became the adult. She then became the protector of the family rather than just like the outcast or weirdo. So... Yeah. Yeah, very, very well done. I really, really enjoyed it. And I just love how it really shows, like, the imagination of a child. Like, she's just walking around her school, and there's little, like, fairies everywhere, and little animals here, mystical beings. Like, her imagination is phenomenal, where everywhere she goes, she just sees these, these you know, these, these creatures that, that exist only in her head. Yeah, like you know, the, the hallway panel you're talking about, where she's yeah. looking down the hallway for school, and there's all these fantastical little creatures, kind of like something mm. out of like, like a Miyazaki film or something. And I was just like, "Wow, that's really cool." I really can't wait to like see this movie. And yeah, see how they do it. Like I don't even. I haven't really looked. At, like I remember they announced it a while ago. I didn't really look into it since, but it has to be. There's only like a few directors that can get away with this movie. I think. Ooh, and, would you pick to direct it? Uh, I would maybe even go with Del Toro. Ooh, definitely. I can see him doing very. Oh yeah, I, I yeah. Especially after thinking about after like, Pan's, what Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, 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 exactly. I can see him doing a phenomenal job with this and still make it super sad. Like, oh my god, you know yeah. the the feels. The well, feels. also with like Pacific Rim too. So we know he he's not afraid of fucking CG, which was my fear with him for the longest. Where he's like, I don't want to use CG ever. And it's like, in this, for the, the Titans, I would almost say you would have to. Well, he does a good yeah. mix, like with Pacific Rim. He and starring Doug Jones the, uh, as the Titan. Cool effects. They had the entire set <laughs> of the uh, lower half of Gypsy Danger. It was cool. Yeah. I hope it's, um, it's a, if it, it would be, I would do, uh, I can't talk right now. I would do Del Toro, and I would hopefully make it like 3D animated, but then have Ron Perlman be the voice of the bully. 
I think that'd be really cool because we'll Ron Perlman's in like an Del Toro thing ever. No, if not even like no, no, no. he would be have to be the voice of the Titan at the end. Oh, that'd be cool. Little, little warrior, I do not come for you. That would be fucking awesome. With his <laughs> oh, voice. Man. There you go. You nailed it, Dave. You got it. Yeah. Um, or the guy who does the voice for uh, Lord Shax in um, in Destiny. Oh, Lance Reddick, which is the guy oh, no, in The Walking not Dead, Reddick. right? Yeah, no, it's it's it's, a, it's isn't that the black guy from the yeah it's the black guy from the Walking Dead who does uh, um, the guy with, with the staff who does the voice of Lord Shax in the Crucible. Oh really? I don't know. I would love to have. Are you serious? There. Yeah, that's it. That's the same guy. Yeah, it's weird, right? Holy shit! I didn't come for you. I came yeah. for a double kill. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. falling Two for- <laughs> while she's fighting him. You're falling behind. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Gained the fought, lead, lost uh, the lead, and all these like these these these, uh, these smaller giants come out like uh, like like Attack on Titan. She slays them two for one. <laughs> oh, be so good for for director um, for that. I might pick uh, Gabo uh, Kaspor. He's a guy who um, directed a movie called Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, and, fuck that movie! Ah, uh, dude, that movie's so fuck good. You in your feels, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talk about a movie with like feels and like a fantastical adventure, not too fantastical, like you know, like fucking you know, cut to Thor and Asgard, yeah. but uh, but subtle, very very subtle. And uh, Bridge to Terabithia had a similar scene. It was about a boy and um, in his adolescence, and he had a friend, this uh, this really cool girl, okay. and everything. And they had their own like hideout in a forest. Like he just moved in, and it was like this huge force behind them, and they just kind of like pretended it was their own like playground. And she was like, oh, look, there's, like, all these things around here. And he was like, what are you talking about? There's nothing here. She's like, use your imagination. Blah. And then he started to see things. And he was like, wait, whoa, did I see that? Or was that really there? And it was really cool. But they had to cross this uh, this huge log to get to this cool part of the woods. And and uh, the cool part of the woods she called, like, Terabithia. It was the kingdom of Terabithia. And uh, the, the log was a bridge to it. And this director just painted this story, uh, you know, of these two friends and everything and what they went through. And in the end, the girl met with an accident and a fatal accident and she died. And it was so, oh man, the feels that came out of that. Somebody was peeling onions around me that if day. If you want to cry, watch that fucking movie. Seriously, it's it's really good. It's a really good movie. Bridge to Terabithia. So, sir, what did you think of the I Kill Giants, though? Oh, man. Just, <laughs> oh, man, like you... <laughs> God, your old synopsis was my <laughs> I'm sitting here listening. I'm like, damn it, Dave. Give <laughs> all my points. But uh, yeah, like I said before, I, lo- I love the, the manga style. Um, I really didn't think it was going in the direction. I, I really didn't think it was going to be that kind of story. It was going to be kind of like Big Fish. You know, and for anyone who's seen Big Fish, yeah. it was also a big metaphor oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, the, that's what I thought going through it. And if you've never seen Big Fish, it's a really, really good movie. Lots of feels. <laughs> Lots of feels, big metaphor. Also kind of like The Life of Pi. Huge metaphor. Lots of feels and fantastical, you know, something fantastical happening throughout the whole thing. So now I kill giants. You know, she's battling a giant. She has a really cool... Like hammer, the hammer is so sick. Like it's got like like sigils on it and everything, and and just just the way that it's drawn, like uh, where where she grasps it, it, it has like, this perfect like these grooves and notches, and and it's kind of zigzaggy for like in like a, an ergonomic swing. It's really like like when I like, when I was reading this, I was just like, look at that, like the way that it's shaped. It's like ergonomically sound for her to swing it. It's it's weird, but like I was just in my head going through it. But anyway, I was like, oh, like big fish or. 
Life of Pi, I was like, I wonder if they were also um, influenced by that, you know, while they were writing this. It could be. There's could so be. many similarities to all these other movies and media that you've seen where, like, it, the whole thing's a metaphor and certain things were happening. And I just really liked the world that was painted here. And I, I kept just staring at the panels. Just, oh, yeah. just looking at every single, every single one of them. You know, like, she has this really, really cool way of thinking. Like, the way that the spirits come out and, and, and their style. And I don't know, man. Like, it's just, oh, man, there, there, there's so many feels in this thing. Just each panel is dynamic. And I, I love the way they, they treat lighting. Oh, yeah. Oh, and even how, uh, like, it showed, like, with her smaller imaginary friends, when the Titan's approaching, when that oncoming storm, she sees, like, her friends kind of, like, mangled. That was really jarring. But it's, like, a way, like, to show fantasy almost dying. And the thing is, even though it's in black and white, like, you, I don't know about you guys, but you kind of forget that it's in black and white. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, while I was going through it, it just kind of just melted away, and I was just in that world, you know? I wonder if if adding color would have actually taken away from it. That's literally what I was just going to yeah, say. I yeah, know, I honestly yeah. think it would have. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I feel like when I remember it, it's like colored in my mind, but I feel like I wouldn't have that have that mental picture if it, if it was done for me. So yeah, I agree. In my mind. Fingertips. Yeah. While looking at the art style, while looking at the art style I can think of is like, man, if I had my own comic, I wish I would be able to draw it like this. <laughs> like this is like how I would literally illustrate panel for panel, scene for scene, you know? Mm. <laughs> But I mean, like, even just, like, the Titan in general, how it is kind of this representation of of her, of the oncoming uh, confrontation she has with mortality. And, uh, and like, kind of that realization when it tells her that it didn't come for her, it came for her mom, that it's like there is nothing she can do except accept it. And, uh, I mean, but, like, in the visuals of that entire thing, it was so abstract that it almost, I was able to believe that it was, that it was actually representing this this other intangible battle that she's that she is facing because of the design because of the art mm. um so throughout this podcast you got you, everyone kind of got to hear about i kill giants get a nice little synopsis you got to hear newer reactions to it uh we're getting actually a little bit past that time we're over an hour in so this is the point where i get to ask you guys my infamous Secret question. I don't want to close my eyes. So the secret question isn't isn't anything too much with the feels. We'll kind of leave that in the book. But my my secret question is: You are a ten year old again. You have a pouch with a mythical weapon inside. What is that weapon and what is its name? First question. Do I have the same mentality I have now? <laughs> You're 10 years old. So I'm so I have the mentality of a 10-year-old still. Okay. Yes. Yeah, right. you're 10 years old. <laughs> Wait, is, is, the, is this question rhetorical for you, Dave? Because I feel like you're still kind of a big ten-year-old. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Just with a lot more hair. <laughs> so for everyone, you're still ten years old. For Dave, your mentality has not changed. Dave, you're still 10 years old. <laughs> At Boom, all. Um, Amber. All right. So my weapon is my favorite figurine I own, and its name is Godzilla. 
Your so weapon is Godzilla. Yes, absolutely. Screonk. What? Is that allowed? That was my childhood hero. That, it's that's not a it's it's not a thing. It better your be a thing. It's it better it's a weapon. A weapon. Godzilla's wait, so are you, are you, wait, wait, wait. Are you using, are you using Godzilla? Or, are you using Godzilla or the toy of Godzilla? I pull out the toy and then Godzilla appears. What? I feel like that's cheating somehow. That's cheating. She's controlling like, Godzilla. It's too good of an answer. We're all jealous. <laughs> okay. I mean, at that point, I'm else. just going to say that I'll make, I'll I get though. Damn it. I was going to say that because that's exactly what she just described as the dragon flute. Dun, 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 <laughs> da, da, and then Talk the dragon sword comes out, which is just as big as the Megazord. Can I, can I summon Big O? <laughs> Showtime. Then I'm gonna summon summon Unicron then. Unicron, oh no! I guess we all lose. <laughs> no, yeah. I Orson, guess I'll have Orson to watch. Wells Roger is the voice of the Titan. That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> um, Dave. <laughs> um. Okay. So just because even since when I was a little ten, even since I was a little kid, I've always had a fascination with swords, and mm-hmm. I've always loved like big swords. So obviously, like. Conan was my hero when I was a little kid because he was a bit like your, your classic hero with like massive broadsword and whatnot. So, um, my would be like a little tiny, like, because you know, using the imagination of a kid. So, it'd be like one of those, like, and I'm sure you guys have all had them before, but like those little like toothpicks that look like rapiers that go into sandwiches. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you guys know what I'm talking about? They're like little plastic toothpick thingies. Of course. Yep. Yeah. So, It'd be that I'd pull it out and it'd turn into like a giant, massive, like Buster Sword broadsword that would like cut through anything and like un- indestructible and like like super light for me but heavy for anybody else. Like, yeah, that 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 would be my ultimate weapon. I can summon the power of the gods and just like wreck shit. <laughs> power of the gods. That's great. <laughs> um. Casey, what not what you expected from me, huh? <laughs> well, no, I was expecting uh, Sinister the Third. <laughs> I've got I've got two options. Uh, when I was ten years old, there were two things I was absolutely crazy about: Star Wars and professional wrestling. Oh god! So if I reach into a duffel bag, uh, it's either going to be a lightsaber or it's going to be a folding chair. Uh, Part of me wants to say the folding chair just because I think that would be pretty sweet. A folding, a folding chair saber? Yeah. Oh, my God. How would that even <laughs> you, work? You unfold oh, it. Oh, whatever. Like, we, we, we live in a world where cross guard sabers are okay, so why the fuck not? There's it nothing wrong with a cross guard What would the laser be? We're not having this discussion again. He'd cut his own goddamn hands off. <laughs> we would not. No, he would <laughs> not. Look, I have one. I've played with it, and it's possible to use it and go nuts with that without cutting anything off. You, sir, are wrong. You lose. Dave, Good I, day, life sir. experience, okay? Yeah. Well, you know... uh, I'm going to go with the folding chair, just because I feel like lightsaber is a, a cheatsy answer in front of a room full of Star Wars fans. What's his um, name? Uh, Dave, we didn't get your, your source name, so we'll get that in a minute. Oh, okay. Well, no, but Casey first. I call it Mick. Mick. Call it Nick? Call, call, <laughs> Nick. No, Mick. <laughs> oh, Mick. Folding chair uh, Mick, named after the great there. Mick Foley. Yeah, I see. Yeah, see, there you go. Uh, he's, he's a man of probably... Man of, man of kind, un- would you say? He's a man of kind, for sure. He's <laughs> certainly that. Uh, he's taken more, ch- probably more chair shots to the head than any man in history. 
But, you know, you want to talk about a guy who goes into wrestling, doesn't have the look for it, you know, you'd never think he has what it takes. Dude is, he's might be the toughest son of a bitch that ever lived. Uh, Mick Foley. Unbelievable. So it's it's just a testament to his, his sheer perseverance. Maybe 10-year-old me didn't realize that then, but uh, 20-something-year-old me knows that now. And I feel like I would love to have that imparted to me in some way with a a manifesting steel chair. Or lightsaber nice. steel chair, as the case may be. <laughs> and, uh, Dave, Dave name sword, that man. weapon, man. I want to know that Super Buster Sword's name. name. The name weapon. was, because I actually did make it sort of when I was a little kid, it would be, the, it's called Carry Vessel. Okay. That's it has totally no meaning whatsoever. Name. It's just basically, okay, so... Long story short, I got my hands in a wheelbarrow, okay? And it was, like, in the back of, like, the school and whatnot. It was broken, so I took, like, one of the handles off of it. And I basically fashioned that to be, like, my sword for, like, fucking around, like, in the backyard. So here I am, 10, 11 years years old, maybe a little younger, maybe 8. And I'm running around, like, a wheelbarrow, like, handle, like, smashing shit in my backyard. That was, like, what I all I had to do because I had no friends. So, like, um, one of the times when I'm doing it, I let out, like, a war cry and I said, like... Carry Vissel. I don't know why. I was just like, Carry Vissel! And I hit something. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That's the name of this. The Carry Vissel. I will call you Carry Vissel. And I had it until, like, my mom threw it away when I was, like, 15. But I can't... Dude, yeah, that's, I, that's great. That's yeah, awesome. I ha- and, like, I had, like, dude, like, now imagine, like, a wheelbarrow. And it's, uh, I just want you guys to picture it, just the hilarity. A, a wheelbarrow handle... And a ten-year-old Dave running around with that fucking thing, <laughs> just wrecking shit in the backyard. It's the best. <laughs> best I'm, I'm kind of just imagining you do that now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I grown, probably you, I, I want to get grown man running around his backyard in his, that, his we'll footy re- pajamas. I swear to God, before I die, I will remake the carry vessel again. I swear to you. Cool. When, uh, when I was ten or eleven years old. I found this branch that fell off a tree and it legit was like almost perfectly shaped as a sword. I didn't have to do anything to it. And Dude, I finding had a good thing. stick as a kid. It's yeah. Destiny. That's Dude, it. Man. I had that thing for fucking months. And then um, I had this like secret hiding spot for it. So no one would trash it or anything. And then I went there one day and it was just gone as mysteriously as it appeared in my life. It vanished. And now in hindsight, it was probably drunken teenagers, but that was like the fucking no man you're ruining it it moved on to the next noble warrior or you, you, know, you, know, what, or, you know what it probably was is probably future me went and found it there you go so somewhere in the future i have a time machine and i got it and now it's in my time machine you've always You'll see it again it'll it. come back through time it'll for you back. but you it just created a par- you just created a paradox that means you would have built a time machine to go back in time and grab your stick but then if you never lost a stick you never built the time machine so at what point did you lose well, a stick to go back i'm not going to gonna build it but you're, you're assuming that I'm building the time machine to get the stick. I think you would, Greg. Honestly, I've known you long time, enough. I think you would build a time machine just to get the stick. Time machine, We've already established time machine priorities. I would build the time machine to go watch all the Marvel movies in the future. But before I do that, I'd have to go get the stick. Most important part. That's the most important part. Um, for what about you, Serge? We haven't heard from you. Mm. But wait, wait, Greg. What would the name of your episode. stick be? Oh yeah, that will. That, I mean, if it was me, I would be dual wielding, so I'd have two of the sticks. Oh! <laughs> so you go back in time twice to get somehow two sticks. I get two of them, 
And one would be embedded with the power of ice and the other with the power of fire. So that way I could freeze or burn things. Or if I need to make a quick getaway, I can put them together and create mist. Is this like supernatural fire ice or are you putting like one in the freezer and then lighting one on fire? <laughs> I think that part, that's, that's funny. The one, it's, it's supernatural in my mind, but it's really I'm lighting one stick on fire and I'm sticking one in the freezer. I love I love how that came about. It's like something a kid would do. That's perfect. <laughs> the one in your left hand will be called meth. The one in your right hand will be called amphetamines. When they come together, there would be methamphetamines. 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 Um, I don't know. I don't know what they would be called. Um, it'd have to be like a like a pair that goes together. You know what I mean? So well, I don't know. I'll well, see come back got to it that. For you. Yeah, methamphetamines, frickin' frack, <laughs> something like that. Uh, but Serge, what about what about you? What are, what's your things? Hmm. If I was ten year old me, what would I do? Hmm. How can I stop Ages of Shield at ten? Mm. Oh God! <laughs> Not this, this again! Search, yeah. Damn it! <laughs> Gotta find a way. <laughs> I was ten. My time machine. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. But when I was ten, like I had a really, I, um, I had a really cool stuffed animal called Bear. He Ooh. was, uh, yeah. He was, he was like, you know, when you're a kid, you have like those like like toys that you're comfortable with, and like you take them everywhere, and you know. So I, I, I when I was a kid, I always thought of, oh, would it be cool if I can like wear him? You know, like 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 a battle armor or something. So I would Ooh. I would make, I would get the rolled up um, cardboard rolls of paper, not the cardboard rolls uh, from the toilet paper rolls and from like paper towels, and mm-hmm. I would like like unfurl them and cut them up, and I would like make armor around him, and then I would imagine like him like growing like bigger, so I can get inside of him like a big mobile suit, so like a big bear with like armor on him. And uh, I, I called him Bear, but uh, let's see, what, what would the name be? Something, something, Postulia. Grizzly oh, Gundam. That's from, that's from Invaders. Name. <laughs> Grizzly Gundam. <laughs> from Neo like, Canada. Yeah, I want, I want like a like a silly name. I don't know, something something stupid, but cool. The unbearable armor. As as I look around, Logitech. Logitech. <laughs> oh come yeah, on. Yeah, Amber Method. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. His name will be uh, looking around my room. Uh, Lenovo. Linksys. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Amber, you're sticking with Godzilla. It... Is that what you're sticking with? I mean, absolutely sticking with Godzilla. I figure it's next to my bed as we speak. Lifelong All right. buddy. All right. I mean, we got we got bear suits, robotic bear suits. We got a freaking giant broadsword. I'll stick with Godzilla you can. Actually, I'm changing my mind. My answer is Batman. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yay. I win. Nailed it. I win. I mean, I guess I get, there's always Roger Smith's watch, as long as I can actually summon Big O. Yeah, but I'm still Batman. Okay. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> you know what Roger the worst Smith? part is? I don't know. <laughs> you know what the worst part is, or even like the, not, not even the worst part, the best part about like all of our, um, all of our weapons, they can more or less all fight each other equally. So yeah. thing I'm not going to take a folding chair to fight Godzilla. Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> GG, my friend. You, my so bear you could. All your stupid stuff I mean, it's, sli- it's slightly better than a Mazer tank, sure, but fuck. <laughs> it's a it's dinosaur so with laser tank powers. Yeah. Hit him in the knees. <laughs> Goes down <laughs> fast. And I'm in a mech bear. Yeah, mech bear. Yeah. Mech bear's got a C to hit things, though. 
You got like a giant ass sword that calls out the power of the gods. I don't even know what that means, but that means it's something bad. Lightning. Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> lightning. Lightning or just like the, like the earth shakes. <laughs> God, I'm going to Home Depot this weekend. Um, I'm getting carry Vistle again. What? <laughs> Adult priorities. Yeah. All right, Serge, take us home. Well, guys, like all good things, must come to an end. Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in on Twitch.tv and uh, joining in the conversation. It's cool when you guys uh, talk to each other. Thank you for coming by. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Bad Cody Funky. And for you Android users, download the SoundCloud app, Android's Bad Cody Funky. Tune in with us every Thursday night at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time on Twitch.tv slash Bad Cody Funky. And remember to check BadCodyFunky.com for everything you actually care about. Today we want to talk about the new Fallout coming out. We'll definitely be playing that. The Warcraft trailer. Uh, we'll get the full one up as soon as it airs at BlizzCon. And uh, we talk about many other things like the new Harry Potter prequel movies coming out. Until next time, everyone, this has been Dave the Bearded Menace. Yo! TV's Casey. Hey! Booster Greg. Hey, Casey. I didn't come and for your mother. I came for you. No! Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Amber. God. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Rawr. Thank you guys for checking us out. See you later, or we'll see you another time. Or never. Right? No, no post show.